Hey everybody, I'm Mac McCormick. I uh, own McCormick's Big Whiskey Grill, McCormick's Irish Pub, and McCormick's Whiskey Grill. Today I'm here to talk about whiskey and bars and kind of where I came from. And uh, I've been a lifelong restaurant employee. I still consider myself an employee, even though I work at or own three restaurants. I bartend every day. But basically, I wasn't planning on being in this life. Uh, at one point, I was a chemistry major and I was on my way to med school. And I had a really terrible boss. I'm sure everybody has had one of those. Um, but mo not everybody has the moment that I did because the crowd that came to my boss's bar wasn't coming to his bar because he owned the bar. They were coming because I was his bartender. I was just a very fun, good bartender. And uh, I mean, it's how I made my living. I was going to do the best job I could because it was helping me pay for college. And he kind of was pretty... a terrible person to work for sometimes. And I think that he started taking issue with me because people uh, would ignore him when he was sitting at the bar, like particularly women, they, he would hit on them in, in really rude ways and they'd tell him to you know, go away. And, and, and so he started kind of treating me badly because I think maybe it was a jealousy thing, but pretty much one day he pushed me so far that I just told him to F off and I quit and I walked out and uh, I went to, the school financial aid office to find out what I was eligible for for financial aid because I'd never taken any out since I was paying my way through school bartending. And when they told me what was what I was eligible for, it was a pretty fair sized chunk. Uh, I took the loan and the grants that were offered to me, and then I uh, went around the corner from his bar and signed a lease. And I, I built a bar over the next four months because it was summertime and uh, opened up in the fall. And when I was running this gentleman's bar, it was the busiest bar in Richmond. And uh, within three months of opening my own bar, he was out of business. Um, so I, I, I really was never planning on staying in this industry. Uh, I, I actually got into med school about a year and a half later. And I, it was actually a rude lady that made me stay in the business because the plan was to continue running the bar until I just couldn't do it anymore because of med school. And this lady, was being so rude to my waitress that I, I walked up to her and I told her she had to leave. And she said, well, I want to speak to your boss. I wanted her out and I didn't want anybody treating somebody that worked for me that way. And uh, it was kind of a defining moment, moment for me. So I had just gotten into med school and I decided not to go and stay in the industry. Uh, continued with college, got a couple more degrees, but I, I love running bars and I love working for myself because it, allows me the freedom to be exactly who I am. And, and, and sometimes that's the guy that tells the person that they're, they're not welcome. And it, it makes my job so much better. But the way I stayed interested in my job was bringing in spirits that I had never had. Actually, originally I got into beer and uh, I, I really got into Trappist ales and things like that. And this was almost 25 years ago. And the whole beer thing hadn't really happened yet. And beer has a bit of a shelf life so i switched my focus to spirits because a lot longer shelf life and i started really learning about distillation processes and barreling processes and just really nerded out and it really kept me interested in my job and uh that led into opening a whiskey grill and that's kind of what got us here to meet mac today mac newell from uncle nearest
Welcome to Stories Within the Spirits, a production of Republic National Distributing Company in partnership with McCormick's Whiskey Grill in Richmond, Virginia. Grab a drink, get comfortable, and let's talk spirits. Here's your host, Mac McCormick. So, Mac, I got to ask you, I uh, uh, was pretty blown away when Uncle Nearest got released. Uh, I'm always hesitant when a new brand comes to market. Yeah. And the first bottle that I got of yours was the 1856. Is it? Ooh. That's right. Uh, and uh, that didn't sound very pleasant. You didn't like no, that. No, no, no. It's very pleasant. The 1856 is, that's the one. I know. That's, that's, my, that's, that's a sexy too. bottle. So, uh I'm going to be very honest. When I uh, bought it, I, I was kind of hesitant because, you know, I'd never had it before. And I think in Virginia, it's $56 a bottle or so. And when I buy a $56 bottle, because I'm a cheap bastard deep down, like $56, I could buy several really cheap good bourbons or yeah. one $56 bottle of bourbon. When I poured it in the glass, it blew me away, knocked my socks off. It's so good. And uh, I, I, I was super excited about it, and um, we do uh, a class, a blind tasting in my restaurant, and it, immediately the following week, we did a blind tasting of that to about 60 people at a dinner and uh, oh, told, yeah. told them what it was after they tried it, and we actually, uh, we always do a head-to-head against something else, and we did this as a head-to-head against the Weller Special Reserve, which is Ooh. something that people seek out and really try to get. Uh, yes. and it was almost unanimous that people preferred your whiskey. Oh my, see, that's what I like to hear right there, Mac. That's you start my day off. So pleasant. I'm going to tell you, look, this is the thing, Mac, you know, whiskeys. When I came and I saw you, first of all, looking at your display, everything you have hearing about who you are, man, dude, you're a walking legend anyway. But, but I'm saying this, when it comes to uncle nearest 1856, when people first try it, you're right. For those that aren't big, like whiskey drinkers, it, it is it is a robust flavor to it. It's not a it's I mean, it's 100 proof. So this yeah. isn't like, you know, <laughs> you know, this isn't something you're going to pretty much be doing like in college necessarily. But but this is going to be for the true drinker. Right. The one that knows a good whiskey when they have one. So absolutely. When uh-huh. it, it was so, it was so great, because when I saw you, when I met with you, Mac, you just I mean, you came up, man, you, you showed love. And I knew I was like, OK, the product must speak for itself, because if it did not, I'll be a little bit worried going to your spot. Oh, I would have called you out on it, too. Yeah, I know. Like, I know you would have. I know you would have. You like, hey, you know what? In the barrel for two more years. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it. But no, it really did. It blew me away. I just, I, yes. I tried it and, and going in with zero expectations. And honestly, I, I'd heard about the brand, but I didn't know anything about the backstory of the brand when I uh, was trying it. As soon as I tasted it, I was like, this is a winner and it's going to do really well. Uh, can you tell us about the brand a little bit, like the history and, and how it started? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for that, Mac. I'll tell you this. Look, for one, let me say this, guys. Uncle Nearest right now is the most awarded brand of bourbon, Tennessee, or American whiskey for 2019. Oh, wow. Already. We're we're new in, in the in this all of this, but it is that great. I'm sorry if you guys can hear my son. He's up there. He's he's going at it, man. He's <laughs> he's five months old, so it's it, it is what it is. But um but no, the big thing about Uncle Nearest, for those that don't know the story, I'll be brief. Um, Uncle Nearest, Nathan Green, born Nathan, born Nathan Green in uh, Maryland. We're not sure exactly which part of Maryland, uh, just because, of, of course, you know, at that time, records weren't uh, so easy to come by. But we believe it was around the year of 1820. Wow. Um, and, you know, again, born in Maryland. So kind of in our in our area, in the DMV. Sure. And um, the thing about it is he was already 
a well uh, known uh, distiller at that time, which is which is interesting. I mean, he knew how to make whiskey. Um, and so Dan Call was a guy who hears he's actually Dan Call is a, is a pastor uh, that lives in um, Tennessee at the time, Lynchburg, Tennessee. And he hears about Uncle Nears and he hears about this new style of how he's kind of making his whiskey. And he's like, look, I need to I need to get this guy to come down here and teach my people how to make this whiskey. So um, so Dan Call sends out for Uncle Nearest to come down. Uncle Nearest comes down and uh, begins teaching his, his team how to make whiskey. Um, the beautiful thing about this, let me go. I, I, there's one thing I always say in the beginning is this. This is the best American story you ever heard. That's something I always lead with. And the reason why I say that is, well, you're about to hear why. But, but that's the thing. So I want you to note that it is the best American story you ever heard. So here you have 1800s. Uncle Nearest comes down. From Maryland down to Lynchburg, Tennessee, to the Dan Call Farm to start teaching people how to make whiskey. Um, within this team, uh, Uncle Nearest notes that a lot of people are really doing very well to learn his his particular craft, his technique. And so it's really cool. And so Dan Call says, listen, I'm, I'm going through this thing already with my wife. My wife is telling me I could either be a whiskey, uh, a whiskey maker or I can be a pastor. I, I can't do both. <laughs> So his wife is kind of putting the pressure on him. He's got to choose one or the other. And he says, listen, I'm going to choose to be a pastor, but I need to be able to get this this whiskey. I need to leave it to somebody on my team. So who on my team do you believe could be able to do this? And so he's like, well, look, man, I'm seeing a lot of people out here. They're doing well. They're really learning this craft. But nobody seems as as dialed in as this young kid at the time, uh, Jasper Daniels. And Jasper is just an absolutely amazing kid. He's really taken a lot to this again. People understand this is the 1800s. There's not, there's, there's no PlayStation. There's no, there's nothing else to do, right? So, right. so he's learning how to make whiskey, and he's doing a heck of a job. And so, in that process, um, you know, Dan Call and Uncle Nearest note that uh, Jasper is is definitely the person that should take over this this whole whiskey operation. And so, in that process, um, you know, they they end up finding out that uh, Jasper is definitely down for it. And so, uh, Dan Call allows. Jasper to do to continue running that uh, that whiskey operation and, and um, by doing that, uh, Uncle Nearest stays on with Jasper. In a lot of ways, they create this. Uh, they they really get this 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 relationship as father son because Jasper at the time, of course, uh, was a was a you know did not have a father. You know he's an orphan. So um, and and in that process, he he really began to get very affectionate and loving to this guy, Uncle Nearest. Felt like a, a second dad or I guess a dad to him. You know. Uh, more than anything else. And so in that process, they really bonded. They created this this beautiful relationship. And that's why that's one reason why I say this is the best American story, because here you have Uncle Nearest, Nathan Green, who's a former slave with the orphan white guy in the 1800s in the South that come together like a family. And together they create the biggest brand of whiskey we know of now as Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah. And that's that's I think that when people hear that part of the story, they go, wait a minute. So this guy is the guy that worked with Jack Daniels, make, you know, to make uh, to make Jack Daniels. And, and, and the, the true fact is, yeah. And and I want to clear up one thing real quick. And I know I'm, I'm talking a lot. So I'm sorry, guys, if I am. But but let me just say this. <laughs> so the big thing is this. I want to make sure I clear up one thing very quickly. Jack Daniels did not take this from Uncle Nearest. Um, this was not a situation where Jack Daniels did not pay Uncle Nearest. Again, like I said, their relationship was a very strong relationship. But also when we speak about Uncle Nearest, we have to also speak about the character of Jack himself, because Jack continued 
to keep Uncle Nearest on his team as his first master distiller of Jack Daniels. Wow. And we're talking about early, early, you know, 1900s, you know, even. Uh, and, and that's that's something that, again, did not happen. You know, even if there were a lot of hidden figures with African-Americans in the background doing things, a lot of times that was not noted um, sure. or it was not, um, you know, uh, properly, uh, you know, paid. But but in this time period, that's exactly what happened. And I mean, in that family, the, the, the Daniels family and the Green family today are still that tight. And that bond was created off of just this this orphan uh, guy and this former slave that came together that created uh, again something beautiful. I've always said to people when you know when America does it right, we do two things really well: we make love and we make money. <laughs> now I don't know if those guys made love, but I do know that they made money. So I would just say this, man: the big thing about it is, I think when we look at this whole picture, we want to sit back and we want to be proud of something that we have on our shelves. And Uncle Nearest is a story that I think speaks to everyone in this country. It is a beautiful story. It is the best American story. And Mac, you already had it on your, on your, on your shelves when I came in. So, brother, I appreciate that. Oh, it, it's it's it deserves to be there. Uh, I just I, I really was blown away when it came out. Are you guys going to be doing any other releases anytime soon? Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I'm, I have to tell you, we just released something, but it's not a product. <laughs> we just released today our second commercial. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not in this commercial. I was in the first one. So please go see the first one. But the second one is absolutely amazing. When you when you get a chance, if you go to UncleNearest.com or if you go to Uncle Nearest social media today, we will be releasing our commercial. So that's I mean, that just came out 30 minutes before we hopped on this call. So um, so, yeah, Very that's cool. pretty major. Uh, as far as another expression, there's nothing I can say right now publicly, <laughs> but uh, okay. but I will say definitely keep your ears and, and eyes open for another release of that 1820. That is very hard to come by. Um, it is just such a beautiful, beautiful uh, bottle for one. But also, of course, the flavor profiles that are just amazing is that that 1820, 11 year single barrel. So I don't yeah. know, Mac, did you try that one already? Did you try that? I, I, I have. It's a, it's pretty incredible. Man, Mac, what have you not tried, man? You have gotten your hands on everything, brother. I, I, uh, I try to get my hands on everything. That's kind of my job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you can't right. look really cool to other people if you don't do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear it, bro. That's a fact. Actually, that's been the hardest part about the whole virus. Uh, it's really shut down my bourbon buying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The restaurants were closed for a while and we're running limited capacity. So, you know, that, that kind of squeezes the budget for whiskey a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Actually, just as a complete uh, weird aside, uh, do you guys do barrel programs? We are. We're, we're looking. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know how much public I can say, but I do know that um, there's definitely some people that are looking into doing barrel programs with Uncle Nearest. So Was I would it? say for those that, you know, definitely. And, and Mac, you definitely are one, especially in the state of, of Virginia, even more so just on the East Coast, and, you know, all together. We would, you know, well, I would love to have you, you know, um, to do that. So let's say, let's figure out a way to make that happen. That would be awesome. I, I don't know if I showed you any of the barrels uh, that we've done for the restaurant, but they all have the same sticker on them. Uh, we name our, our picks uh, once you go max. Um, it's uh, I, I thought you'd appreciate that. <laughs> that's we we even make t-shirts to say that. <laughs> no, listen, that's a fact, brother. Once you go I'll back, send, I'll just send you one of the t-shirts. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, man, you know, that'd be something if you, you know, if you can get that out and we can do that with uncle nearest, man, that'd be awesome. I just think again, when I came in there and I saw your location, 
um, and I saw the selection and it wasn't just about the, the, you know, the quantity, it really was the quality. Um, and, you know, you go into your, your, your different locations and it really is an experience. You know, you walk out, you, you feel educated, you feel like you, you got something really, you know, amazing that you probably wouldn't have tried before. I love your locations, brother. You're amazing at what you do. That's actually, I try to train my staff to help people at every level, um, and never to make people feel like we're trying to get their money. We usually actually approach helping customers different than most restaurants. When people are saying what they're interested in, we actually ask them to give us a price point to stick in. Yes. And I train my staff to go below that price point so that they never feel like we're pushing them. Because uh, yeah. I've been to other places that do what we do now. I, when I first opened a smaller one, uh, I've never seen a whiskey bar. I don't think that they even existed before I opened that one. But uh a lot of the times when I go to them now, the bartenders work too hard to get you to spend too much money. And that really yeah. bothers me. And that's yeah. why I like you, you all's products. They're really great products and the price point that they're at. And it's something that we don't have to ask the customers to spend a lot of money on to try something that's new and unique and, and they probably haven't had a chance to try it. Uh, that's, that's a big thing for us is getting people in front of a product that they've never had. Well, I tell you, man, I mean, when I come out there, I mean, I had the pleasure of connecting with you. So but even then, I did. there were some staff that were there and they were exceptional. You know, what's interesting about the uh, about the Uncle Nearest, the expressions that we have again, like I said before, we have three different expressions. The Uncle Nearest 1856 just is a personal favorite of mine. Yeah. I mean, nine to 11 years aged. It's just sexy. It's beautiful. It's rich. It's going to get you where you want to be. You know, sometimes, it, you know, back, I said, like when you were younger, you're like, hey, man, let's just, you know, crack open some beers or whatever. And you just want to go, you know, hammer after that. But, but I oh, guess yeah. you get to be, you know, you like me and you get to be in your 40s. You're like, look, I want to get right where I want to be now um, and kind of just sit back and relax the rest of the time. And I'm just saying that 1856, I don't care if it's hot. I don't care if it's cold, whatever the temperature might be as far as outside. You can sit back either now quarantined in your home or you could be sitting back on your on your porch, whatever it might be. But I'm telling you that 1856 is such a pleasant uh, sip. And the thing about it is I always go straight. So uh, I was going neat. I don't necessarily I'm not a huge cocktail guy. I'm and, not either. Uh, yeah. it's just, Well, I can imagine, Matt. Come on, brother. You got that palate for whiskey. You can't you know, you we start adding all that sugar and, and stuff. And it's not anything. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's your way of going about it. Cool. But I think for 1856, if I'm, I'm going to pay that much um, and I'm going to want that type of experience, I want to drink this thing straight. My dad, I remember raiding his, uh, you know, as we all did, raiding his cabinets. And uh, he was a heavy Jack Daniels guy, man. So, you know, uh, I wish my father was here today. I know he would love Uncle Nearest. But back when I was a kid, it was all about um, Jack Daniels and the yeah. way he would drink it. You know, he would he would add, you know, a cube in there, I think, every now and then. But normally he was a neat guy. And so I kind of grew up that way as well. But when I had the 1856 uh, neat, I remember the entire, uh, well, you know what? Actually, I captured it on video. Yeah, for, uh, for you know, if you guys want to see a good YouTube, check out um, <laughs> Uncle Nearest uh, Mac. You probably could find it somewhere in there. But, um, but yeah, great, great, great whiskey. You know, nine to 11 years age, like I said, double distilled, charcoal filtered. Uh, but a beautiful expression. Um, did you, you had the 1884, right, Mac? Did you, did you guys go through that one? Well, I haven't had that one yet. 
Okay, so the 1884 is a seven-year, but it's a small batch. I need to get that to you. So, Caitlin, I don't know if we can make that happen, but if we could, that'll be awesome. Um, yeah, I don't think it's here in Virginia yet, so. Oh, okay, yeah, well, I got to make sure you guys get that, man, because that 1884, it's a very pleasant. Now, here's the thing, Mac. I'm curious to see how you would go with it because it's a seven-year right? Uh, small batch, like I said, so a little bit younger, but the same mash bill on it, you know. Um I find sometimes this, the ones that are in the seven-year range are a little bit sweeter, which I, I like sweet. I mean, sweet always is my favorite, so that's a good thing. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm not a snob about aging on whiskey. I find some bourbons at two years are phenomenal, and I find some at 20 are terrible, so I, you just never know. That's um, a fact. That's a fact. I'm really curious to try your seven-year. I haven't had it yet. Consider it done, brother. We're going to make it happen, but I cannot let it. I wouldn't be doing justice. If you don't get this seven year in your mouth, man, I'm telling you, because the big thing about it is it is sweeter. It, it's but it's got a great flavor profile on it. Um, and it's, you know, price points a little bit lower. And I think it actually does do stand up in a pretty good cocktail. So you oh, can't yeah. go wrong either way. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, if I uh, I had a blast when you came to visit. I uh, I hope after the virus passes, you can come out to Richmond again. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if there's, again, if there's something you guys have going on, is there any type of like uh, program you guys are doing out there now through throughout this process or like, is there so, a way that we can connect? Um, well, if you come again, I'd like to have you actually sit through one of our schools and uh, uh, the way we do our whiskey schools, it's a blind tasting. We get a large group and they have to eat dinner. Uh, that's the, the requirement. Yes. We don't, yes. I remember we, that. We, we charge them a quarter for the, the whiskey. It doesn't matter what we pour them. It, yeah. uh, it, it costs a quarter. And so the, the fact that the whiskey only costs a quarter gets people out. And I've done crazy expensive shots and only charge people a quarter. Uh, and what ends up happening, since nobody knows what they're getting for that quarter, is they don't know what night they're going to be coming on the, the really expensive shot night. So it creates this excitement and it brings a lot of people out for the blind tastings uh, because you know, one night they might be drinking something that would cost them $150 at my bar uh, mm -hmm. for a quarter. And uh, actually that's happened a couple of times. Um, uh, but the the great thing about it is when, when people from the brands are there, we don't tell the crowd who they are until after the tasting. And there's an interaction between myself and the guests where they're telling me their experience with this whiskey. And then I make fun of them a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't really. Well, I do. It depends on what they say, really. Yeah, um, right. But it, it it's a dialogue, a, a very honest dialogue. And a lot of times the people from the brands, when they're out there, they get to experience something they really never get to experience. Because if they come to the distillery or if they come to meet you, uh, they know that they're talking to somebody from the brand. But when they're doing it at my restaurant and they don't know that somebody from the company is there, they're very honest and, and very frank about what they do and i wish you'd been there for the blind tasting we did for the 1856 because it was all positive oh. and and you know how the bourbon world is i mean i don't know why weller has become such a sought after thing these days but like yeah. people will will sell the left leg off their child for about a weller at this okay. point <laughs> and and to to hear an almost 100 percent unanimous preference to the 1856 over a bottle of weller I think blew the crowd away more than it blew me away. I kind of knew that was going to happen. Yeah. But when I showed people what they were trying after they had had the whiskeys and, and you know, they, they have them in front of them for almost an hour before we tell them what they are. 
And it, it kind of shocked everybody because these people are the same people that are selling their kids' legs. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, geez, I'm selling my kids' legs for this? But see, yeah. that's the thing, though. That's the thing, Mac. I think that experience of what you're doing is so unique, is so rich. It sticks out in your mind. It becomes a thing. Dude, what you're doing is absolutely beautiful. I love it, man. I mean, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm honored for one just to have met you uh, when I did, especially before all this mess went down. But, but even then, no, brother, trust me, I will be back out there. Uncle Nearest will continue to do whatever we can with you, man. But um, yeah, man, I, I'm very excited about when, every time I hear about what you're doing. Again, this is you're not going to find anything like that similar in different mark and within this market in different areas. I mean, this doesn't happen. So well, that's awesome. Hopefully, in a a couple months, I'll be able to let you. Tr I'm starting a, a actual brand where I'm sourcing whiskey and doing finishing barrels and secondary finishes. But I'm not going to buy from one source. I'm going to buy from four or five distilleries and then custom blend the bourbon and then oh. age it. That way, it's not like anybody else's product. I, oh. I, and so hopefully, I'll be able to send you something soon. Oh man, listen now. Now you're talking. I mean, now you talking. So absolutely, Matt, please do. And, you know, maybe, maybe Adam, you could bring us back on here. Maybe we could be able to talk about that one too. That'll be dope. <laughs> that would be cool. It's some of the works, uh, but some of the products I created for some other companies, have, they're their number one sellers now. And I just feel like I don't get anything from that. It's, it was just me kind of writing a resume for knowing what I was talking about, I guess. And uh, I just would like to do it for myself. So hopefully soon, uh, maybe within a year or so, a year and a half, I'll be able to let you try something. Hey, man, listen, I'm going to tell you this. You have been, again, I mean, I don't, of course, my my name on, on social media is Mac is legend. So I have to talk about being a legend. But at the same rate, <laughs> Mac, you are the legend, honestly, brother. So if anybody knows, I mean, you've been in this business now for, for a very long time, right? I mean, we were talking about this and you were even going back as far as like college or, or you know, almost grade school. Well, I, so I started working <laughs> in restaurants when I was 14. Yeah. Um, and I opened my first bar when I was 24 and I've just been doing it ever since. And I'm 52 now. So I've been doing it for a long time. Man, listen, I know if you, if anybody has a good palate right now, it's gotta be you. After that many years, if your palate's not right, something's wrong. <laughs> you know, the cool thing about that, that school I was talking about though, is I actually learn from hearing what other people say all the time. Uh, it, it's really interesting because somebody will say, you know, I taste, taste a green apple in that. And, and I go back and I retaste it and I can see what they were talking about. So I think it is a, a important to learn from other people all the time. And uh, yes. I try to do that. Um, yes. And when you came to the restaurant and told me about the brand, that I'd learned, I'd, I absorbed everything you said. I just, I, 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 that's my favorite part about my job is getting to learn about all these products. Well, I tell you, one of my favorite things, I mean, I, I do love telling the story. Um, like I said, if people just, I think, especially nowadays, this is this is a story we do need to hear again, because for a lot of different reasons, you know, no matter how you look at America, it has definitely always been the land of opportunity. And I think that we make it um, what it can be. I, honestly, I think each and each and each and every one of us individually. So I think that the fact that, um, you know, Uncle Nearest and Jack Daniels took this time, well, Nathan Green and Jack Daniels took this time and really found something magical that is speaking even, you know, over a century, you know, later. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, bringing us back together, you know what I mean? In so many different ways. And one way you're going to always get any, anybody bonding, of course, is over a bar, you know, in a bar, over a drink. I mean, 
there's guys I've actually gotten a fight with. And then, you know, five minutes later, we're having a drink and we're laughing about something. But you know, it's something it's something just magical about that. And I think that when I've been to your locations, Mac, you know, you can feel that vibe when you walk in because you get that, you know, as soon as you walk in, the, the ambiance of like, hey, we're at a bar where, you know, we're going to sit down. We're going to have something. You're looking on the walls and you're seeing this, this amazing selection. Um, it's something magical and something beautiful about that that's not only America. I mean, it, trans, it transcends, of course, this this country because, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you've traveled. I'm, I know you said you don't take any days off almost, Max, so I'm sorry about that. But but I do. <laughs> I've got a chance to travel. And I would say, man, overseas, I mean, you know, this bottle um, and, 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 and other different drinks I've had, man, they definitely found a way to bring us together. So yeah. that's what I think I love. Well, uh, I, I hope that Uncle Nearest gets to where jack daniels brand as a brand is soon uh i i don't know if i told you my dad's a career marine or was a career marine and i actually spent most of my youth in japan and growing up over there there was two things the japanese knew as america uh levi's and jack daniels it's like the the strength (laughs) of the brand of jack daniels is all over the world is just so huge and i hope that uncle nearest gets hurt thank you so much i appreciate that mac thank you adam Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. Stories Within the Spirits has been a production of Republic National Distributing Company in partnership with McCormick's Whiskey Grill in Richmond, Virginia, produced by Summit Media Podcasting. Please drink responsibly and remember to sip slow. Every spirit's got a story.